Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. I am your host, Deborah Coleman. And yep, you guessed it, as the title shows you, it's another mini cast. Um, if you can't tell by now, I'm a huge fan of these. So <laughs> um, welcome to another mini cast. Um, this one's a, a sort of a twofer. Um, I came across two articles and I thought they would make a really nice show together. So um, I will keep it quick as always, but I thought these two subject matters went nicely together. So, okay, let's get into it. The first one is having to do with being invisible at work. Um, Now, I've definitely, I listen to other podcasts. Um, There are I just, there are so awesome podcasts out there. And one of them is hosted by two women. And one of the subject matters of one of their shows was being invisible. Um, I think when women get to a certain age or a certain age demographic, um, the invisibility really starts to be a factor and an issue. Um, And I totally agree with that. And that's a whole nother show. But I think being invisible at work is also a real thing. Um, And lately, I don't know if you've noticed, but I certainly have, and it's it's a good thing, um, but there has been a lot more talk of women taking back or proclaiming their seat at the table at work. Um, and when I say seat at the table, it's in quotes. It's like figuratively and literally in whatever, you know, whatever career you are in, it's finding that seat at the table and whatever that means for you and whatever that table looks like, feels like at work, finding your place finding your voice, finding your value. Um, Now, I am not by any stretch of the imagination an industry expert. There are some wonderful women and men um, out there who who are speaking on this subject, writing on this subject, and it is fantastic. Um, It's where I got the inspiration for this show. So, um, but I personally am really happy to see that this trend is being... um, explored and brought to the surface more. Um, I am enjoying reading about it and learning about it. So this was just my way of sharing with you a few of my takeaways that I've learned recently. Um, so the first one is I've read, um, two articles on the topic of, um, being invisible at work and it really resonated with me and I hope it does with you too. Um, I don't know, but maybe I'm just at this point in my career where I'm looking for that something more, um, in my training and development. And so articles like these really stand out for me because they talk about more of a systemic issue and not so much more of a, uh, I don't know, you guys, to be quite honest, I'm pretty tapped out on like my, my hard skill set. Um, my Excel skills are where they're at, you know, <laughs> my, 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 this skills are where they're at. I mean, while I'm always learning, I'm always trying, trying to stay like up on industry standards and what's new. Um, I think in this stage in my career, I'm looking more for like beyond that. I'm looking for maybe, um, articles and trainings that speak to the soft skills that speak to more of the, um, wider picture, how I can improve that in myself. How do I can like do better in those areas for myself, bring more value. Um, and so anyway, that's kind of, again, where these articles came from and why they spoke to me. Um, recently I had, um, a brief discussion with my director about my professional development and I shared my thoughts with her on that too. She is very supportive of, you know, 
sending me where I want to go and, and providing, you know, the opportunity to do so. But I told her, I'm really being picky. I need something more, something that dives deep and sort of touches on what I'm missing, you know, until I read the description of that training or that, um, you know, session I'm or webinar or whatever it is, I'm, I really won't know it till it hits me. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I couldn't tell you what it, what it is, but once I see it, I'll, that's it. That's what I'm missing. So anyway, um, just a little background as to why I, th- I, I think these articles stood out for me. So um, the first article speaks of being invisible at work, as I mentioned, and um, the article is titled, Are You the Invisible Woman at Work? by Erica Spradley, career coach, chief power officer at Elevate, and author of Confident Career Woman, Ditch Perfection, Play Bigger, and Make Power Moves. And she spells power, P-O-W, capital H-E-R, power moves. I just, I love that. That title alone like got me hooked. I was like, ooh, talk to me. What you got to say? So um, after reading the article, these are some of my takeaways from it. And again, as always, I will provide links to these articles that I mentioned so you can read for yourself and to and form your own takeaways. Um, but in the article, Erica provides perspective on things that will increase your visibility as you lead at work. First one, stop sitting on your ask. I didn't say ass. <laughs> I said ask. A S. Okay. Um, for those of you that know me, I probably would have said stop sitting on your ass, but no, stop sitting on your ask. Essentially know your worth. Don't wait for someone else to make that determination for you. If you're interested in increasing your salary and increasing your value, do your research. Use salary websites. There are tons out there. Use career builder websites. Look and understand, look into, do your homework and understand your value in the marketplace. In the article, she states that 61% of women don't feel confident asking for a raise. 61% guys. 61. Wow. At what point do we stop blaming our employers for not recognizing our worth and giving us that much deserved raise when we're too afraid to even ask for it or broach the subject ourselves? So for me, I know I feel more confident and powerful when I have research behind me and I have facts and figures behind me. So yes, you know your contributions, but maybe back it up with industry information as well. So do your homework know your worth, stop sitting on your ask and make, and make it happen. Second one, manage your emotions. I am literally waving my hand. This is so me. Manage your emotions at work. Be cognizant of the way you project yourself emotionally at work. Remember that the way you are perceived to handle yourself at work may have a direct impact on how others see you and view your leadership skills and ability and contributions equaling your value. So I am not, when I say, (laughs) when I say this is me, meaning I have been told in my career life by people I admire and look up to absolutely and peers that I would make the worst poker player on the planet because I cannot hide my feelings of like incredulity at work. When I am like, are you kidding? Like when that 
emotion overcome, like takes a hold, you know, those eye roll moments, you're like, oh my, I got out of bed for this. We, why are we sitting in this meeting? This is absolute nonsense. Like when those emotions kick in, don't, don't shade. I know we all have those moments where we're like, honestly, guys, I am a really, I I admit I am a piss poor example of how to hide that. I don't hide that. I will roll my eyes. I, I may not, I can keep my verbal in check. Like I know when to keep my mouth shut. I'm not that stupid. Right. But my nonverbal is like a horse in a hospital. I just like, I am all over the place. I will roll my eyes. I will cross my arms. I will like even cough maybe, you know, or like, I don't know. I I can't tell you what I do because I, I, it's just so like breathing for me. I'm just like, I, it's just a part of what I am. So I have been told by friends, again, people that I admire and I did not take it personally. I took it definitely as constructive that I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like I just really, like, I will look at you in a way that you will know what's going on. I don't have to be verbal. You, I am a nonverbal shouter. Like, so I have to keep that in check. I know that about myself. Truth be told, I was actually dismissed from jury duty because of my eye rolling ability. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I was dismissed by the other side. Um, because what I heard was so ridiculous to me, I literally rolled my eyes and the lawyer for the other side was like, that one gone, you know, because I obviously was not going to side with their side because I thought it was ridiculous and I let the world know that. So raising my hand, I need to watch that. I understand, you know, like intellectually, I understand that's that could be a potential no-no. But on the other hand, uh, I can't help it sometimes. I can't help it. But that is something that I work on daily. I, I honestly daily. Um, and I think because I do have such a sarcastic, I, my, I, my second language is sarcasm. I speak it fluently and I love humor. And, um, and I know sometimes that can be misconstrued too, or maybe my timing is off or whatever. Um, so I really need to watch that. So I'm owning it, manage my emotions at work. Um, so the third thing she speaks about is regularly audit your skills, like never stop learning and growing. I'm a huge fan of that. I, again, I I can't say it enough. I do it all the time. I preach it all the time. Never stop learning and growing. I do not believe in the fact that you are, you know, at the top hundred percent. I don't need to know anymore. You may be kind of tired, tired of learning that particular subject matter, or you may feel like you need to move on to other things. That's fine. But always kind of stay up, stay knowledgeable with your industry, whatever it is. Don't stop learning. I don't care whatever you are. If you are a plumber out there, ladies, if you are a teacher, if you are a lawyer, if you are in marketing, finance, education, profit, nonprofit, whatever you do, always be learning. Stay up on your industry knowledge. There are publications you can subscribe to, newsletters, blogs you can follow, podcasts you can listen to. I mean, there are the the opportunities to keep up to date in your industry are infinite. So never stop, never stop. Um, just never stop. And those constantly being in the know will, I will, will, I believe, you know, continually sharpen and hone those confidence, the decision-making, your networking, your critical thinking, you will stay educated. You will stay in the know and that can all play into it. 
Fourth thing, communicate your ideas and perspectives with confidence. Don't be afraid to contribute when necessary. You will know. I mean, come on, we all know when the timing is right, when those opportunities, whether it be in one-on-one conversations or when we're in meetings or group settings, when we know the subject matter, we, we know it, but we stay silent. For whatever reason, we sit quietly and we say, not now, now's not the time, maybe later, or maybe next meeting, or maybe next session, or maybe when I can talk to that person one-on-one, I don't really want to speak up right now because what if I'm wrong? If you feel confident in what you, in the information flow that's going on, and you know you can contribute, take a step, do it. I'm not, you know, again, this is something that I am learning, that I recently had a conversation with one of my industry leaders, Melissa Peoples, on this subject, and what she, the advice she gave was spot on, take a chance, do it. Because that is only going to show people that you have a brain and a voice and you're using both of them simultaneously. Um, again, for me though, personally, if I, I will only do that if I know 100% of what I'm talking about. If I have any doubts that my information might be wrong or I don't have 100% of the facts, I will tend to lean more on the, I will err on the side of caution and keep my mouth shut. But I need to speak up more because... I do know things. And so I need to be comfortable with sharing that. Um, And also what that might lead to is people beginning to accept that from you and they will start to view you as more of a leader or more of a, you know, confident um, subject matter expert. And so that may open up doors you didn't even know were existed in the first place. So communicate your ideas and perspectives with confidence. Um, Ensure your feedback the ensure, excuse me, the feedback you receive isn't fluff. This was good. Weed out the fluff feedback and seek out or dig deeper for the constructive and actionable feedback you need. Don't just be, don't be, you know, don't be complacent with good job on that presentation. I mean, that's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. That's really nice to hear, but seek out or dig deeper or welcome feedback that maybe gets really, thank you. What did you like about it specifically? You know, get that feedback back that's more specific. Um, And then vice versa. If somebody asks you for your opinion on something that they've done, presentation, report, whatever it is, speaking engagement, Offer constructive, a little deeper feedback, like your presentation was good and I particularly liked your slide on blank. Or I love the report, I love what you're, you know, everything looks great. This particularly caught my attention, these facts and figures. Or I think you touched on them, but I think you need to provide more context. Like offer constructive feedback and also seek out constructive feedback to help you grow professionally. Established relationships and network number six, connect with colleagues from across the board. I'm talking from junior level all the way up to senior level and uh, all the way across the board. For me in my work role, I connect with everybody in every area because for me, I need to pull on all those areas to get things done. So connect with people from accounting, from purchasing, from facilities, from administrative and in the president's office uh, to your, co- you know, across the board in marketing, co- connect, 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 make those connections, connect with the receptionist, connect with the C-suite. I mean, do it across the board because um, you can learn something from everyone. I know I have. I, I, I can, 
Believe me, I have learned so many valuable things from our facility staff, more so than I have from our presidential staff. I mean, trust me, you want to make friends, quote unquote, with, with people who know where the bodies are buried, okay? Meaning the information flow comes from everywhere. So don't limit yourself to, well, I'm just a... Uh, I don't know. I'm just a teacher. So I'm just going to like network with teachers. No, network with the facility staff, network with custodians, network with people in administration, network with parents, network across the board, because you never know what information is going to be beneficial and people know things. So network all over the place. Um, Lastly, play bigger. This is my favorite. Erica states, now listen to this. I recently again, was in a conversation where I repeated this fact and it was pretty eye-opening. Erica states that men apply for jobs when they meet 60% of the hiring criteria, okay? If they just meet 60% of those hiring criterias, they apply. Like, F it, I'm doing it. Throw my hat in the ring, right? While women wait until we meet 100% of the hiring criteria, We wait until we meet 100% of it. That's our fear. That's our lack of confidence at the forefront. So let go of the perfection and apply. Even if you meet 60%, play bigger. Okay, play bigger, meaning go for it. Do it. Throw your hat in the ring. It's okay if you only meet 60% play bigger. I, I, I can go on for days on that one. That was my favorite. I think the message is, you know, self explaining, play bigger, 60% versus hundred. Think about it. Let go of perfection. Like, let, let it go. So that was the first article. Um, again, are you the invisible woman at work? And those are some things that you can take away to help you become more visible, which Actually, let me backtrack to give you the confidence you need to stay more visible at work. Um, And now on to the second article, which again, really plays into it. So here we go with the second. The second article is is also by Erica Spradley and it is titled, the subtle ways women play small at work. So you see the tie-in, the invisible playing small. So women play a game with themselves where they allow the inner voice to dictate if they move forward or not, mostly because they're not good enough, not good enough, not enough experience, not enough education, not enough fill in the blank, right? Dot, dot, dot. We undermine ourselves when we use the words, but, or I'm just or uh, I'm not that, I'm not good enough. Um, And that's just wrong. And in the article, Erica states, maybe by replacing, but I'm not, with something more constructive, she says, like, therefore, or however, then we are projecting strength, not weakness, and we're not playing small. So if you're like me, I need some examples. Show me, show me. So here's, here's an example. She states, I'm qualified for the strategy manager role, but my resume isn't indicative of that. Or I want to study information systems, but I'm not as young as I used to be. See, you're playing small. You're already, you know, 
at a disadvantage, but provided by you. So she says, why don't you flip that around into something along these lines? I'm qualified for the strategy manager role. Therefore, I'm updating my resume and will apply before the end of day. I want to study information systems. However, I'm not as young as I used to be. So I will do the necessary work and research I need in order to feel confident to apply for that position. Now that one was mine. That wasn't her. That was my little take. So see how just reframing, I mean, you don't have to say those words exactly like if they're therefore and however isn't a part of your natural vocabulary, but you see the point where I'm making like, I'm not good enough. So therefore, you know, I'm not good enough. No, like switch it. You know, I'm, I am not good enough maybe right now, but here's the action steps I can do to get good enough to apply, or here's what I need to do to feel confident enough to apply. So reframe, catch yourself if you can by not letting yourself be small and be marginalized into, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not young enough. No, that may be true, but what are you going to do to, to conquer that and turn that around and make it work for you? Um, we place blame and make excuses when we create that unbalanced and untrustworthy atmosphere. Take ownership of your choices and actions. Um, and the sooner you can own up to those mistakes, those flip ups, those word, that word play, the m- sooner you can see that you are worthy and that you are, and your confidence and credibility will increase. So another thing, another takeaway from that article was to believe in yourself. Again, this is echoing from the previous article, but drop the perfectionist mindset and believe that you can do something. Believe that you are qualified and completely capable. It's mind over matter. Believe in yourselves. Don't play small. Don't be your worst enemy. You get in your own way. By, being, by putting up those, well, I'm just, uh, or but I'm not good enough, you're playing small. So flip the script, believe in yourself, amp up your confidence. And if, you, and if that is true, like if you want to be in information systems, though you don't know enough, what are you going to do so you do know enough? Take those classes, do some research, do your homework, and become good enough. It doesn't have to end with, well, I'm not good enough. Um, so some of, for some of you, you may be like, yeah, knew this. But I think, again, it goes back to what I said in the previous article, always be learning. And for me, yeah, this is stuff I've heard before, but it bared repeating because, you know, you go about your day and maybe it had been a year since I read this or really acknowledged this. And it was nice to kind of have this refresher. Um, just a couple of quick points that she said in the article that I'd like to share with you in regarding, you know, in regards to playing small. First one. Everything you've accomplished professionally and will accomplish begins with the way you see yourself. Second, everything you've worked for and everything you haven't worked for is visible in your career results. And third, everything you are and everything you're not stems from what you believe about yourself. I love that. So, I mean, to me, don't just, again, don't just stop with, well, I'm too old for that. So no, if it's something you really want, do the work, put it in, put in the work to make that a reality. Just 
I guess my two, my, my, the reason why I paired these two articles together is because finding our voices and finding our inner confidence, they go hand in hand. And I really encourage you to continue to read about that, about those subjects, to believe in yourself, educate yourself on what that means. This is just, believe me, these two articles that I provided today are just at the tip of the iceberg. There is so much wonderful information out there again, from industry experts who speak on the subject, do your homework. And honestly, just reading about it has amped up my confidence level um, because now it's in my head. Now it's in my brain. And now I'm a little bit more conscientious of it. And I will recognize when I start to play small, when I start to devalue myself, I will course correct, remember some of these tips and apply them. So (sighs) that's it. We made it through another mini cast. See, that wasn't too horrible, right? Um, Again, as always, I will have information on these articles, links to these articles in the show notes. Please check them out. Click on them, read them. They're a really quick but thoughtful and pretty thought-provoking read. Um, Please do so. Do yourself a favor. Do your future self a favor and read these because I guarantee you will take something away from all of these. So... Thank you guys for entertaining another mini cast. As always, thank you for listening. And until next time, have a wonderful week.